Now, I don't know from yoga. If someone dropped a $100 bill, I'd hire someone to pick it up. I don't bend. I don't run. I'm lucky I can walk. So to be polite and be nice, don't insult me. I'm going to be very patient about yoga. She is a radiance coach and a yoga teacher. She is a lead teacher on training programs for emerging yoga teachers. I am now about to ask Selena, what is yoga? That is the biggest question I think we could have started with. What is yoga? Yoga means a couple different things to different people, I would say. Um, The practice of yoga is purely one of tuning in. So in modern day society, when we think of yoga, you think of stretching and lengthening and going upside down and big gymnastic-like backbends. That's not really yoga. Yoga is something that you do every day that draws you into being present. And so traditionally, when we think of the yoga practice and we think of the what we call asanas, those are the poses, that's just a means to drop in. But you can do that in your own consciousness, can you not, without writhing and exercising and contorting, can't you? You certainly can. If we think of yoga as the means to really drop in, traditionally you would do a yoga practice of moving your body to open up to be able to sit comfortably in meditation. Well, this began at the dawn of civilization. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. It began thousands of years ago. I mean, Marie Antoinette didn't do yoga, so it came from something. Where did it start? Oh, gosh. How did did travel all the way to the very beginning of yoga? Um, Lots of different ideas of where it came from. I won't be able to pinpoint the very first yoga class in the entire world. Um, But dating back into Eastern cultures, and then when it became a little bit more, I don't want to say popular, but a little bit more of a group practice, it was very much about strength and power. So militaries used to use yoga as a way to ground and build a sense of power within their physical body. And then it started moving forward in meditation, and it came to the West through dance, actually, through the dance community. Well, if it started in the East... Marco Polo didn't do yoga. Shiva, was he the first yogi? I mean, how did, who, what? Who, I wish I had an answer for you. I don't have a specific person that we can trace it down to because there's many different lineages of yoga as well where they all came from. What kind of, what, what does that mean, lineages? There are different kinds of yoga? There are different kinds of yoga, yes. So what, what what does that mean? What When you think of yoga today, you probably think, like I mentioned, these gymnastic postures and yes. um, push-ups and what's called chaturanga and downward facing dog. That's called a, that's a vinyasa style of yoga. So there's a flow, there's a breath, there's movement, there's strength. There's also yoga called yin yoga, which is very slow, gentle stretching and Yin being the opposite of yang, yang being a vinyasa class where you're building heat and fire and breath, yin being where we're doing the opposite of that, where we're being cooling down. It's very much in the muscles and ligaments and bones. So those are just two. I mean, there's many kinds of yoga. I'm sure you've heard of Bikram yoga, which has quite a political drama to it with Bikram himself. Um, many different lineages. 
I have no idea what you just said. You don't? Zero idea. Oh, gosh. You must Google Bikram. I think that he no, has. of course I do. Okay, no, good. Of course okay, I do. Okay, of course good. I do. But before I go into anything else, I want to say that this lady is really beautiful. She is slim. She has a lovely face. So there must be something to it, even though I don't know what the hell it is. There's karma yoga, dream mm. yoga, mantra yoga. What, what does all that mean? Just different ways to get to the same same place, different paths to get to the same place. You can't do that with just exercise? No. Exercise is a disembodiment. That's a bold statement that I just said. But I feel as though exercise is a disembodiment of people working out, working towards some goal, but you're not really present in your experience unless you're a very mindful exerciser, which I don't think very many people are. Yoga is less about exercise. Yes, you get strong. Yes, you get long and lean and taller. Um, but it's really more about building presence in the practice. So you're stretching, but you're being aware of what you're stretching. Whereas if you go to the gym, most of us are hopping on the elliptical and just kind of like tuning out and watching the Kim Kardashians. Or if you're lifting weights, you're just sort of like pumping and moving through, getting on to the next thing. Yoga's Yoga is more about dropping in, about being really mindful and present with the experience and getting really comfortable in your body, which I think is very different than exercise. How did you and why did you get into this? I mean, you're so pretty. Why? This is the only thing you could find to do? This is the only thing that I could do. <laughs> How did I get into yoga is um, I was on a competitive dance team in high school and when I decided to quit dance, I quit a year early than everyone else. And I had all this free time. And, and so I joined the YMCA. And at the YMCA, I started going to yoga classes. And I keyed into it because it was a really similar, ex similar experience in my body as dance of slow and stretching and becoming one with my body. So I felt really, really similar to what I was familiar with. And then I started noticing that I was much more relaxed and less stressed out. And it just was a, a full body, full mind, full kind of psyche experience. Okay. I, I really don't quite understand. It supports you in asking, who am I now? And I don't, I don't get that. I don't get that. If you're schlepping and, 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 and stretching and carrying on and coughing, What's it got to do with your real essence? Mm, it's dropping in beyond all that so that you're coughing, but then you come back <laughs> and you're schlepping, but you've got this sacred space on the mat. <laughs> and why is it always on a, on a mat? And it's always lying down, mm. isn't it? It is not always lying down. Why is it always on a mat? I suppose you could ask why are some religions always in church? Like, what is the sacred place that you always come to? Okay. So you don't necessarily need a mat, but there's a sense of rolling out a mat, and that's part of the ritual of arriving to your practice. How many times a day do you do this? Do I practice? Once a day. But that doesn't mean it's always an hour. That could mean 15 minutes. That could mean just a couple of simple stretches. Um, but in terms of like an hour-long class, probably four times a week. Could you not stretch or do some of those exercises without it being whatever yoga is? Absolutely. And that's what challenges this idea of yoga needing to be in a class in this really sweaty, aggressive setting. That, that's why I said in the very beginning, that is not yoga. Yoga is your practice. There are people who are crazed mm. for yoga. Crazed. I had a, a doctor on recently who was telling me that your body responds to your spiritual being. And he said, what's great for it is yoga. 
but I'm trying desperately to understand, truly, if you're lying on a mat and you're stretching and you're doing all of that, how is that helping your subconscious? Tell me that. Truly, I don't understand. That's such an honest question. You're using the body as the gateway or portal into the mind and consciousness. So by using the body as anchors, so we use the breath as an anchor, your breath is presence. So if you can anchor your awareness into your breath, you are anchoring your awareness into the present moment. That means you're anchoring your mind into the present moment. And so that's how you start to develop a stronger practice of being really present, of consciousness, and of what the doctor said of spirituality being kind of just as important as your health and fitness. So the mantra is part of that? You do a mantra as well? Not every yoga class will involve a mantra, but a mantra is something, yeah, it's starting to take ownership of your mind. It's starting to realize that you are an observer of your mind. Your mind doesn't guide you. Your mind isn't you. You're merely an observer of it. And so a mantra is a way to always bring your awareness back to your back to who you actually are, your essence, what you said. Well, I've lived in India. I'm not mm -hmm. sure you have. I have not. And I don't see everybody lying down on a mat doing this stuff. But it's very, very big here in the United States. So why has it gone so large? Why has it spread so? I think it is a reaction to the speed that our culture moves in. And I think what's happening, especially in this last year, two years, is a real awakening of people realizing the way that we've been living our lives so far isn't sustainable in so many areas. And yeah. so yoga kind of is a gateway for a lot of people into starting to experience whether it's just slowing down, whether it's their spirituality, whether it's going deeper into consciousness. Yoga is sort of taken off because I think people are really desperate for another way. I think that's true, but that could come from spirituality, too. That could come from religion, too. That could come from your consciousness, too. Absolutely. Without doing all the stretching, could it not? It could, and that's why I say yoga necessarily, or isn't necessarily just the stretching, just the physical aspect. It's merely a practice of a gateway in, and we talk about yoga sort of being your personal religion your individual religion. What about your family? What do they think of you? <laughs> I don't think my parents quite understand what I do. <laughs> do they do they do this? Um, I have gotten my mom to do some yoga and she's like, I feel so much better. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and what have you gotten your mother to do? Um, to do, you know, some cat cows, which are um, Ooh, undulations what, what? of the spine. They're called cat cows, and it's where you stand or you're on all fours, so hands and knees, and you just move your spine forward and back. And your spine is sort of the central channel of all of the nerves of the body up into the brain. And so when we experience back problems or tightness in our spine, we're not getting the full experience of living our lives because the sensation from the rest of your body isn't traveling to your brain. So if we want to get to a very like physical level of yoga, we're opening up these channels to have a greater experience in our life. I don't life. know what the hell you just said. I mean, oh, I have gosh. no idea in the whole world. <laughs> I just know you're so pretty and you're so slim and you're so adorable. And I'd like to know. Okay, so a yoga development course, how does it start? How does some buffoon like me schlep in and say, hi, I want to take 
three lessons and lie down on a mat. How does this work? <laughs> so are you saying a development course in, like if you were a beginner and you wanted to yeah, try yoga yeah, for the very first yeah, time? Yeah, So Which every I don't, which I she don't. She does not. Not at all. Very yeah, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, go ahead. So different studios will probably have different approaches to what beginner's yoga is. But if you are a beginner, if you've never tried yoga before, there's plenty of online YouTube videos that you can tune into or um, the studio that I teach at called Sky Ting Yoga based in lower Manhattan. We have Sky Ting TV and you can tune into online classes for beginner yoga, which are just going to give you the basics. And what I said, cat cow is probably one of the basics, just really simple body movements to tune in and slow down. And as a beginner, sometimes getting especially as a New Yorker, laying on your mat is one of the most difficult things you could possibly do. Lying Doing on your mat. Doing nothing. Lying on your mat. Yes. Not laying. Ooh, <laughs> lying on your mat. So when you have a few minutes for English, forget about the <laughs> yoga. Oh, you're so... <laughs> Don't tell my dad he's a grammar nerd. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So there are various kinds. I, I made a note. Hatha yoga, mm-hmm. kundalini. 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 What are the various yogis, yogis, yogurts? (laughs) What's the plural? Yogas? Yogis? Yogis. Yes, yogis. So what are you you asking? What are these different kinds that I've written Mm. down that I don't understand? Yeah, so like I mentioned in the very beginning, a vinyasa yoga class is going to have a lot of flow and breath. A hatha yoga class is much slower, and you're going to hold poses and breathe in the poses. Kundalini is another form of yoga, which is much more sitting, chanting, breathing, waving your arms all around, lots more like activating of what they call your life force, your kundalini. Do you have a man in your life? I do. And does he do this? He has never been to a class, but he likes to breathe and meditate, and I give him yoga stretches. But why has he not been to a class? Because he (laughs) does not want to move fast. He wants to stretch and slow down. So he's scared to go to a traditional yoga class because he doesn't want it to move really fast. Okay. And why does it always require the mat? And why does it always require the same schmatas that they wear, the the, the, the leotards or whatever it is? <laughs> you can wear whatever you want to wear. No, 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 yoga they all class. wear. We do they, all wear the same thing. Yeah, so what is that stupid outfit? What, what, what do they, why? Well, I like to wear tight-fitting clothing so that I can move my body really free of of constriction, I suppose. So that's where a leotard would come in. And also, you know, when you do yoga and you feel really strong and beautiful in your body, you kind of want to show it off. Ah, that that I understand. (laughs) So if someone like me Mm -hmm. can't do anything, what would be the first thing I would have to do if I want to try this with bones that are not able to do anything or don't want to? So what... I do you get really comfortable with your breath how you could sit here right now close your eyes and you could count five inhales and exhales you want to do it five inhales and exhales it's going to be very quiet on the air (laughs) I can guide us through okay go ahead we'll do Um, three so let's close our eyes you're going to sit up nice and tall relax your shoulders yes we're going to take a normal breath in so no pressure just breathe in I'm breathing in. And breathe out. 
See, you're doing great. I feel better already. Yeah, yeah we're going to do two more. Breathe in. Through the uh, mouth, exhale. Uh, Relax your shoulders. Yeah. And a sandwich one would more. Be, a sandwich would be even better. <laughs> okay, so another one. Um, so uh, do I feel better already? With you tell me. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, that's the first thing, is the breathing. Mm-hmm. Then what is the second step? Then I would get comfortable moving your body. So if you were brand new to yoga, sitting with the breath is kind of your closest or easiest way into being really present. If you've never moved your body before, lift your arms up over your head, lower them down. Like just so simple because it's not about necessarily what you're doing. It's how you're doing it. The presence and intention that you're bringing to what you're doing. I don't understand. If I were to clap and put my hands over my head and clasp them and then release them what does that do what are you saying you are reaching your arms up overhead you're going to get a stretch through the sides of the waist you're going to elongate your body so that you have more breath coming into your lungs we're physically like opening up through the lung tissue and then when you release your arms down alongside of you and exhale like that's a full round of breath you just were really present in that and you're more open that's yoga so can you eat a big fat Italian no. dinner and then lie on a mat and do one, two, three? Can you? You can't. You can't you eat pasta? You can't. can eat pasta. Absolutely. I just wouldn't go upside down after eating a big Italian dinner. Well, what can you eat and then do your yoga? I mean, what tuna sandwich? What? Real traditionally, you would not eat for about two hours before you do yoga. And you'll start to see why when your body, you, your body feels heavier when you're really tuned into the body. What is it that, who does it most? Ladies, men, which? Ladies. In America, ladies. And that's part of how it got brought to America. It started in the dance community, which was women primarily. Um, but I am seeing more and more men get into yoga. What are they wearing? Leotards? They're wearing shorts and t-shirts. Why are they getting into it? For what reason? Some of them maybe because they know the secret of where to find beautiful women in the city. Also, yeah, I got that. I got <laughs> I that. Say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, others, I think, are equally as curious. I think that the stigma around it being just women is starting to fall away, and men are curious as to some of the mental health benefits, some of the stress and nervous system benefits, and um, I think just interested in a different experience. What does it cost to go to your school? To take a single yoga class. That'll probably vary around the city. Skyting yoga is now $30 a class. But don't they buy a, a, a whole set of classes? So you can, yeah, different studios will do five class packages, 10 class, some memberships. And how long is a class? About an hour, typically. Some studios might offer 90 minutes. That's what it used to be. And now we've kind of shortened it. And some studios might even offer 30 minutes. But that's not enough time to... Unravel, mm -hmm. is it? I don't believe so, no. I really think you need the full hour. Can't you just touch your toes and walk? Seriously. Are you going to walk while touching your toes? No. Can't. <laughs> don't be a smartass, <laughs> will you? Can't you just touch your toes and or walk? Doesn't that give you the same stretching? And It gives you the same stretching, but, I mean, if you did that purely present in the moment with open consciousness, you would get a lot of the same benefits of a yoga practice. Um, that's like I said, any, anything could become a yoga practice. If you want to wash your hands and be really present with that experience, I would call that a meditation practice. 
You're washing your hands. Washing your hands. Meditating while you're. How many times when you wash your hands are you thinking about something completely different? Well, I'm not thinking about yoga. (laughs) I'm not thinking about yoga. This girl is so pretty and so skinny and so lovely. And it's 30 bucks a shot. And her name is Celine Maison-Pierre, but she doesn't speak French. And her parents don't do yoga. And I loved talking to her, even though I haven't the faintest idea what she told me. Thank you so much for coming. You were adorable. Thank you for having me so much. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.